This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Like it's hot. It gets red hot and yeah. they fucking grab you down. And yeah. like, so I was bullied like like a motherfucker too. People did that shit to you? Yes. That's fucking nuts. Uh, five dudes in the hallway won't let me pass and I got to face all of them. Like uh, everybody called me Kenny Woo. Because of fucking Mighty Ducks too. What the fuck? Um, Damn, see, I... It was bad, man. I, I don't know bad. what that's like. Because if somebody said Kenny Wu in my high school, eight people would be like, excuse me? Because <laughs> you know, right. there's so many Asian people. In five, four, three, two, one. Hola, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I got my good friend Ed here today. Hailing all the way from Seattle, Washington, but lives now in L.A. So if you guys know back in the day when I used to shoot YouTube videos, I shot a lot of sketches and Ed would actually direct and shoot a majority of my shit. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, we have Ed in the house today. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, man. How do you like living back in L.A., dude? Man. uh, Well, when I got back, quarantine and the lockdown just hit. Wait, what month did you come back? I got back October last year. Yeah. So I left December 2016, the last election, and um, like all that bullshit. And I was in Washington for the last four years, and I just got back last when year. Did, when did you leave LA again? Yeah, December 2016. 2016, I, and then you came back in October 2019. 19, yeah. That shit was so interesting. Like you left at a very interesting time. <laughs> I, I guess I missed out on so much. There was, <laughs> like a, there was a lot of stuff that changed in those like three years. Like I think like at that time too, what I I think I think that's when I stopped doing YouTube for like a whole year. Right. I was like I'm not doing YouTube for another year because right. I got to figure my shit out. And then a, a lot of things on the on the internet space changed a lot too. I remember, yeah, over that time as I was watching it, like the whole YouTube scene was just talking about they got to leave. They're not mm-hmm. making any money anymore, and it was just. YouTube changed from personalities into education. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're now there to like see how it's made, yeah, how it's done, how it's engineered, all that stuff. And everyone's been in quarantine. Like I learned how a car works now. I just, yeah. learned, I just, we just did automotive engineering. You, you know what? One of the biggest companies that changed the format of YouTube was BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed changed how everybody was making videos because before it was like sketches and doing uh, kind of like finding your own voice. Once right. BuzzFeed found this weird format of like 10 different things you didn't know about that. Every fucking YouTuber did that shit. Like top 10 lists. Like top 10 Listicles. lists. Yeah. So yeah, it was, that's what it is. They changed the face of like internet entertainment. Right. There was like Watch Mojo does that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be anything, but a countdown always works, always mm-hmm. gets views, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, even our, at least my colleagues, my friends, the people who did what I did, making videos and such, 
they were also just not doing what I was doing anyway when I left LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, nothing's happening. People people were off finding out other ways instead of of creating content. It was just whatever was out there in the media space. It was a weird thing. I, I think like during that time where. I got kind of jaded a little bit because I also watched YouTube for entertainment. So when the entertainment part disappeared for me, I'm like, yo, there's nothing fun to watch here. Like everybody's <laughs> making the same fucking video. Because yeah. there, was, there was arguably a lot of content creators who, if you ask me if I quote unquote like their stuff, I didn't like their stuff. I, I didn't laugh at it. I didn't think it was that entertaining. Mm. But I appreciated what they did because it was just so different, you know? And I would still watch their stuff here and there just to see what they were doing. But I... I enjoyed the the diversity right so if you were going to create certain content like you had to create your own voice rather than you know stealing somebody else's content repurposing it for yourself but that became popular and then uh, it became okay yeah you know? <laughs> ah that hits me to the core i fucking hate that shit yeah <sighs> no nah, because like people have stolen my ideas yeah which bothered me like obviously it should bother everyone but um I'm, I was just some guy out of Seattle that moved to LA to do videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, I mean, that, that, like silver lining was I was really intimidated by moving down the first time I came down here in 2012. Because I'm like, dude, everybody does video. Everybody's great at directing everybody, all this stuff. But then when people started stealing my shit, I was like, you know what? I think I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> people have to steal my shit, yeah. steal my ideas and whatever, then... I'm doing good. Like at least what's in here, what I generate on my own, I'm I'm okay. At least it gave me some confidence. Who check some of your shit? All right, so you know I did that Soj commercial, right? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I yeah, won yeah. like <laughs> a year supply worth of soju. Uh, so okay. a little backstory behind this. So Ed and I actually used to live together at this place called the Talmaj, and the Talmaj was this dope ass fucking like early 1920s uh, apartment art deco new york style apartment that this guy who was a really famous director i guess he built that that place right and then we were actually in the apartment that his wife lived in whoa i didn't even know that until he just (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. okay (laughs) yeah yeah so that's like the story behind the place that we were that's why we were in one of the biggest units it was huge right so our our unit was about like 3400 3200 square feet and it's a one floor apartment so you can imagine how fucking huge that place was right so the apartment that we lived in we drank every night <laughs> like <laughs> every night and so this dude won this soju contest and we just had a year's worth of supply of jinro soju and yeah. it got to the point where it was fucking funny because dumbfounded would be coming over every fucking other night we'd go out to k-town and we'd be like why are we drinking like we have soju so at home exactly <laughs> like, we have like a year's supply and that shit like lasted for like eight months. Yeah, we, we yeah. killed it pretty fast but though. Yeah. Anyways, like when I went to go, so I won that commercial contest. Um, I went to go pick it up um, at the agency that represents Jinro. Um, so this isn't has nothing to do with the brand Jinro, right? I still like drinking, you know, Jinro. Yeah. But the agency and the guy that was repping the whole contest was like, you know, showing me love for my ideas and whatever. And it's like, what else do you have going on? And I was like, oh, you know when Koreans drink soju and they just go, yeah. right? <laughs> and I was like, that's a thing that we do. I don't like anybody does that shit. Yeah. So I was like, I want to like make this slow-mo video people doing the face, mm-hmm. right? And get all my friends to do it and whatever. And two weeks later, I see Jinro post this video. 
Show us your best face. <laughs> Damn. That's my fucking idea. Like, yeah. Holy shit. And now they're like this fucking guy they ate from the agency just took my idea and, and, and made it happen on their own. Like, I mean, it was a lesson learned because it was literally the first week I moved to L.A. Yeah. But so I kind of hold your cards a little close to you. Yeah. But that that was one of those first instances. It was, it was just like, don't share your ideas to just any motherfucker. It, it's weird in this in this space, too. And I think in any kind of space where people kind of get shocked, where a lot of people think about fending for themselves and they don't care about who they hurt in the process. Right. right. So, for example, um, I did this thing with uh, TBS, right? which hopefully, I don't know if I'll ever do anything with them in the future, but not to say the company did something wrong to me, but the person that I was interacting, the, the agent that I was talking to that worked with TBS is a fucking bitch. So, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so I fucking, so what happened in this situation was, uh, I, f- I forgot his name, but he's a pretty big personality, right? At the time, and yeah. he probably still is now. So he had a late night talk show um, that he booked. So he was taking over for somebody else. I, I forgot his name exactly. But um, really funny guy, really tall. So before I was supposed to go in, they wanted um, social media influencers to come in and have a few questions and interview them so they could kind of use our clout to kind of boost his show, right? Mm. So the stipulation was for the show that they were supposed to give me a, a package in terms of who he is give me um, content. And it was it was so dumb because they could have just sent me files, but they sent me a DVD of his work, right. which they were supposed to do. So I was supposed to do the research and figure out who he was, figure out like uh, his comedy, his like kind of just who he is in general. So I could gear these questions and have a fun conversation with him, right? right? They didn't send me any of that shit. Right. Hit them up multiple times asking them where it was. So we show up to this event and actually Dan went with me. So <laughs> yeah, and so we were there and I was like, Hey man, like so you guys didn't send me any they're like, oh, you didn't get any of the stuff. I was like, Yeah, we hit you up multiple times. Where is the stuff? I'm not prepped for this. And so they kind of set me into this interview where I'm supposed to interview this dude. And I fucked up because I said the wrong name. Oh. I don't even know his name. That's why I don't remember it right now. And so afterwards I came out, I was pretty upset. I was like, You guys were supposed to send me a package. We've asked you multiple times right. and you didn't do it. <laughs> and now I walked in. I didn't even know his fucking name. I didn't even know the name of the show. And I fucked up the name of the show too. And you could tell he was irritated. Right. And afterwards I talked to him. I was like, listen, I was supposed to be briefed on who you are and what you do. TBS dropped the ball on this. Like they didn't communicate with me. And I've been asking for this all the time. Especially when it comes to work, I'm pretty professional. And so at, they were apologists, like, we're so sorry, like somebody messed up. I was like, no, somebody, you messed up. Like mm-hmm. you were the, you were my point of contact. Why didn't you respond to the emails? Why didn't you send me this stuff? They didn't do any of it. And so later on, we got a, a angry email from TBS saying that I was super unprofessional. I didn't come prepared. And I'm like, this motherfucker threw me under the bus. And he was apologizing to me profusely on that day. But he told them that I didn't come prepared and I ignored all of his emails. So he was just looking out for his own ass and he threw me right. under the fucking bus. And then, and that, to be honest with you, that's just what happens sometimes because people are more concerned about themselves than other people. But he doesn't owe me anything, but that was pretty fucking snaky. And by the way, bitch, I know exactly what you look like. If I see you <laughs> in person, I will fucking rob you, you fucking bitch. No, I've, I feel that because I literally had that experience last month. Oh, really? Um, So... Not that I don't remember their name, but we both know their name. Yeah. And I went in for a meeting about a project we're both familiar with. And um, here's the thing. I don't know if I was unprepared or they were unprepared. Yeah. 
Because the thing about the meeting is that we were talking about two different things. <laughs> we got there, and then so I'm arguing on behalf of like I, I like give us the budget and we'll make this dope, and they're arguing on the behalf of who is this guy and why should we give him money, and he came into the meeting thinking I was replacing somebody else's video instead of this new project the for their new, you know, like product that. I guess he didn't get the memo or whatever. And so we were both just like clashing and just bullshitting. And by the time I left there, the weirdest part on top of it when he is that he apologized. He was like, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean to yeah. offend you. And I guess I was responding pretty harshly mm. back. And I didn't know what I said because I was just being snappy back at him yeah it sounded like he was saying we can't we're not capable of doing these videos mm -hmm. which is me and dan like we're not capable of doing yeah it. you know and i'll take personal offense and i was just standing up for myself and that's where i was just like kind of heated and kind of walking out like i'm probably not gonna get this gig yeah right and then he goes so you do a keto right uh, i heard it's bad for you man like what kind of weird segue bro <laughs> yeah i'm like uh, I don't know. Am I supposed to give you tips on how to lose weight now, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just fucked up my meeting, dude. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, was, like, I feel you like sometimes there's miscommunications, but when I was in there, I took it so personally. Yeah. Because he was, he never looked at me in the meeting. He would pass it off to the guy, to another guy, to pass off what he said right back to me. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, why is it like this? Yeah. <laughs> like, why can't you talk to me? Like, yeah. And yeah, throughout the whole meeting, I was just taking it personally. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I am learning now to just kind of fucking like get over that maybe these people aren't, they're not maybe, they're definitely not out to destroy my life. It definitely not. I mean, but people like that from what I've... Because you know me for a very long time. I'm not, I want to say I'm confrontational, but I'm very straightforward. You know? yes. Like I'm extremely straightforward. So you, you are not a flight. You will never <laughs> run from that. You encourage it. Yeah. That's why it makes you smile. Like it's my chance. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like, yes. I like, did you, are you trying to fuck me over right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, in those types of situations too, like people like that, especially when they ignore you. Those type of people are afraid of confrontation. So when you confront them, that's not in a very aggressive way. But if you ask them just a simple question, it's like, hey, so when we were in the meeting and you chose to talk to me through somebody else, what was the point of that? Why did you do that? I guarantee you immediately what's going to happen. They're going to start stumbling over the words because uh, 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 they don't know. You know, they're not no. doing things intentionally, but that's a very bad fucking habit, especially when they are doing things to Make them look good and make you look bad, yeah. right? Whether it's intentional or not, but until it's addressed in a very professional way too. Like I wouldn't start screaming or I wouldn't be angry. I would just ask them a very straightforward question. Mm. It's like, why? Why did you do that? And the only thing they could do is either answer truthfully or try to make a bullshit excuse. And I, I'm almost hoping they make a bullshit excuse. It's like, please say something. But that's why I always like kind of put myself down as, man, I don't think I am a business relational kind of person yeah because i take things so personal. i i like my feelings come up so hard and i can't control it and i also just like i think 
you understand like you just can't help but fucking say whatever the hell you're thinking <laughs> right to the that motherfucker like who's trying to fuck with you yeah like i mean that's the past four years at my store was just confrontation month after month after month yeah and uh my grocery store the gas station i was at so ed before he came so this, just long story short uh ed moved to la when, when was it 2012 so 2012, so Ed and I actually moved to uh, LA together around the same time. And while they were transitioning, Ed and Dan used to crash at my apartment back in the day when I first moved it, moved to LA. And then after a while, um, Ed's uh, father passed away and he decided to take upon himself to go back to uh, Seattle and help his mom out with her liquor store, which is like in the butt fuck middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> which was, the, you had some of the fucking funniest videos though. It made me die laughing. That's one of those things, though. I had to, like, these motherfuckers can say they're, but call me a gook and a chink or whatever bullshit would happen, and they walk away, and I'm steaming mad, right? And I have nothing to, that I can do about it. What, what area was it? Uh, Tacoma? Tacoma, Washington? I don't want to say. Yeah, but in that. Because it's, it's still, we're, you know, my family's still running yeah. business out there, but let's just say Puget Sound area. Okay. Yeah. Which is a big area, but <laughs> yeah, it's like it's 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 pretty remote, right? Where you guys yes, are at? Yes, so remote. There's, it's like when you go camping and you go to the state park to a mountain or lake. It's mm -hmm. like, and then you look around at this bumfuck gas station in the middle of nowhere. Like, who shops here? Yeah, like, that's that kind of gas station. So you were like in, because uh, I don't know that area very well, and I and I think because for me. I lived in California and specifically Sacramento mm. for a majority of my life. I don't really know what hardcore racism feels like, right? Yeah. I've I've had a few instances, but you know, and I always say this is that is it was always easier for me to stand up for myself because those racist instances were not the norm. It was never considered okay where I grew up. Right. So if I said something, other people would say something too. I'm not the odd man out. So uh, and I only learned this when I started traveling and other people would tell me their personal stories about their, you know, racism shit. And to me, it was shocking. Like if I was in school, like I remember, so for example, in high school, the first time I was ever called uh, a gook and a chink was by this black girl in school, right? And I didn't know what a gook was. What is that? She was like, gook? I was like, you know what soup means yes. in Korea? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she knows oh, how to shit. say soup. <laughs> you know what I mean? She called me a, a soup. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you, for me, I was like connecting with her. I was like, yeah. you know Korean? Oh my gosh, you know Korean. Yeah. But then, you know, when I told, um, I remember, but I know she called me a chink. And I was like, what the fuck did you just call me? She's yeah. like, you fucking chink. And started saying all this racist shit. And then one of the uh, school staff heard her say these racial epithets, took her aside, and they taught that she started going off. They kicked her out of the school. Whoa. They're like, you cannot go around calling people racial epithets like that. Whoa. Kicked her out of the school? They kicked her out of the school because I, well, I mean, she obviously had some other issues before and I don't know. I'm not saying that was the only reason yeah. but there was other shit that she's done but that was the last straw. So going around calling, especially because our school was like 40% Asian yeah. and like 40% black. Yeah. So, and my high school too, by the way, before I entered there, there were race wars. Like they would, people would fucking shoot and stab and kill each other. So during the generation that I was in high school, that stuff started to die down. Right. But the teachers who were a part of that generation that's taught those kids still remember all that racial, racial shit. Right. So that type of racial behavior and using racial epithets, if that, it was a trigger for them. Like we're, you cut that shit out. Mm. And so I'm pretty sure that was the last one, but she got kicked out. My reaction to what you just said is, because like kicked her out like yeah damn like i wish 
you know anyone did anything about the situation i grew up under yeah um so i moved out there when i was in seventh grade and uh this is my first experience like um homeroom is a band <laughs> so i have to sit at last place chair when i was first place from the school i moved from like yeah. um in federal way which is like most koreans per capita Mm-hmm. outside of korea that's very odd right crazy <laughs> that's very odd <laughs> yeah and i go from there into this bumfuck middle of nowhere and i'm last chair and i'm sitting to the former last chair guy playing trumpet mm-hmm. and he just looks at me and he goes i don't like chaps and i'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like well you're like well thank god i'm a gook <laughs> you know, i was like i'm not japanese and he goes well good because I don't like chaps. <laughs> I, like, I would have looked him in the, the eye. Fuck? I would have said, neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> neither. <laughs> That's right, brother. <laughs> That's right, bro. Fuck them chaps. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them Hiroshima motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm Korean. I'm Korean, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, uh, shit, like, yeah, coming, so I'm moving from in the middle of nowhere, like, I'm used to diversity too. And yeah. then by seventh grade though, which is a very formidable time in, a formidable time in adolescence let's say yeah it's like i'm experiencing all this fucking racism because it's just 99 white there's two other koreans and they're both adopted That's they don't nice. talk to me yeah they don't ident- they don't even identify with me yeah you know just the fact that i'm asian at all even mm-hmm. and people would tease them to hang out with me because I was Asian and they wouldn't want to kind of shit like, i'm not fucking hanging out with this jap yeah <laughs> it's like, uh, what the hell guy dude. No, that's the funny thing. Those two adopted were Korean. They're all the adopted kids in these white high schools are always Korean. Huh. And um, yeah, like it, it came to a point where I was just like uh, by eighth grade, some guy in the hallway just called me kook and I punched him. Yeah. Nothing happened to me. And then over time, like throughout high school, I keep getting into these confrontations with people just straight up do shit to me. Fuck like. You know, have you ever done the thing where you rub a ruler with the metal in on your shoe? Oh, like it's hot? It gets red hot and yeah. they fucking grab you down. And yeah. like, so I was bullied like like a motherfucker too. People did that shit to you? Yes. That's fucking nuts. Uh, five dudes in the hallway won't let me pass and I got to face all of them. Like uh, everybody called me Kenny Wu because of fucking Mighty Ducks too. What the fuck? Um, Damn, see, I... It was bad, man. Was I, I don't know bad. what that's like. Because if somebody said Kenny Wu in my high school, eight people would be like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, right. Because there's so many Asian people. Right, man. Like, uh, it was one of those things at a young age, like, man, nobody's going to help me. Yeah. Nobody. Um, but every weekend, I'd go out to Tacoma, which is like an hour drive, just so I can like be with my Korean friends, my Korean buddies. And 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 it's like you're like, yeah. Feeling a belonging. It wasn't about going to church because I love Jesus at the time. Obviously, yeah. it was like my belonging. Yeah, yeah. Um, people I understand culturally and all these things, which I understand, stood at a very young age the difference of like this isolated feeling of what being a Korean American is. Yeah, it's like we're born here. This is I'm in, just as entitled as you to call this my my home and my land, and they will not give it to you no matter what and you know what the funny thing is is like whenever i hear stories like that and you hear about the people who do that and they have such a a very hardcore stance on what it is to be an american this is my country and it's like why are you the trashiest human being i've ever met though it's like you you're the representation of what an american is 
get the fuck out of here, bro. Dude, nobody wants to be like you. Yeah. Like fucking yeah, sister cousin motherfucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, no, I I I've been I I got fucked up really hard by the shit I experienced out there. Um, which you is the, why the, I left after high school straight to Seattle to do this video shit, get out of this bum fuck town and do my shit there. And it's crazy because it's in the same state, you know? Yeah. And then when you go into Seattle, Seattle's a bunch of warm motherfuckers. The, one of the nicest cities I've ever yeah. visited, you and know? Super liberal, super open, like everything, like all open, all this, but just a ferry ride away on the other side of that, <laughs> the Puget Sound. It's just. What was like one of the worst things that somebody did to you in high school? Shit. Um. Yeah, I mean, there was there was the that that hallway incident where I got like fucking headlocked and I couldn't do shit because of these big motherfuckers. How many people were those? You said five so dudes. Five dudes. Why? What were they doing? What was the point? Just fucking around. Just fucking around is all I could say. But there was a, t- a point where I went to the guidance counselor. Yeah. And I was like. There's a bunch of fucking racists here. Yeah. You guys got to do something about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm going, like, this is really bad. Yeah. And uh, do you know what the guidance counselor said? I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of counselor. What the <laughs> fuck? It's like, <laughs> imagine I me. I, I think I was in 11th grade at this point. I'm like 15. Like, nobody's going to. That's why I just was like, fuck it. Like, what's the point? What's the point? So, this at at the point I knew where I wasn't the, so the teachers I could see they understood racism was happening they didn't know what to do about it. Of course, it's, right? I think it's a very hard and heavy topic for you know teachers to deal with yeah. without wanting to fucking kick these kids' asses. It's like what 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 can I do within my rights as a teacher to help this kid out? It's like hard. So when I would act out in my rage and I just have a blackout moment and do something crazy like. Uh, when that guy burned me in my arm, I fucking tr- threw, you know, the desk chair thing. Yeah. I threw that shit, flipped everything. Yeah. Some fucking guy spit in my face with this shitty ass fucking breath. And what the fuck? I punched him in the stomach and uh, threw my office the yeah. chair at him again. <laughs> and it, I didn't get in trouble. Because they knew? They're they like- knew. They were like, these, they're probably picking on him. Yeah, <laughs> that's as an older man, I'm just seeing all the times I got into these instances where I retaliated like a crazy man. And the teacher was like, hey, "We gotta let him go." Like, yeah, what? A, that's the best that they could do for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a blessing, but I, I wish somebody stood up for me. I fucking wish somebody stood up for I me. I wonder what why the teachers didn't. Like, what what was the repercussion on their part? Like, what would have happened if they would said like, "Hey, like, I have a zero tolerance." for bullying and racism in this class. If you do this shit again, get the fuck out of my class. I don't think they understood what it was like. They yeah, they've never experienced it for themselves. Yeah, they didn't understand. Like, it's just bullying, I guess. But there's a racial tinge to it as, as the best that I could try to understand. Because here's another story. So, past four years. So, worst nightmare is that I'm back at this fucking city. Yeah, <laughs> After yeah. living in LA for a good five years. <laughs> yeah. Doing what I want to do. Um... I end up back at the store, working at the store, and um, this meth head one day um, was like, "Hey, what was what was your Wi-Fi password again? Wasn't it like?" And he said it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, 
how do you know my wife? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, th this guy, blah, 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 some name, right? Uh, uh, he told me. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> you know, who is he? How does he know my fucking Wi-Fi? And why is he telling you? Like, yeah. this guy was straight method, like, mm -hmm. the whole nine. And so I'm asking around, yo, who is this guy? What's his name? What's his name? And finally, one, one customer's like, oh, that guy? He's a rapist. What? So like, huh? Okay, so I Google him. Level three sex offender. Um, drugged and raped multiple 14-year-old girls. <gasps> um, so he's just sitting in his home, does nothing. I didn't even... So when I saw his face, like, I recognized him as a... Reg like, I was like... Like... Like, it's my story, right? I can... I can... I can say... Yeah. I, I was weighing the shit out. Like, how do I do this? So... I see him. He comes by one day, and he's on his phone, and he's just sitting. He's actually not buying anything. Of and this is one of those times where I just want to be like, say that stereo, hurry up and buy. yeah. But I'm just, he's just on his phone. So when there's like, a few, he's just sitting there. There's like one other customer in there. I I was like, hey man, are you on my Wi-Fi? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, look, just get off, man. Just get off my Wi-Fi. If this, you're not doing shit. Just leave. Yeah. And get off my Wi-Fi, man. He's like, what? I can use this Wi-Fi, like all this shit. Like, you're, uh, I, the way he got it, he got it. And I was just like, well, whatever, just get off of it. And call me. He's like, man, fuck you, chink. You know? And he walks away. So I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so yeah. I walked up to him, and he's getting in his car. And I was like, you're a fucking rapist. And get off my Wi-Fi. Stop telling your Wi-Fi you're my your method friends, my Wi-Fi password. Yeah. Gets out, gets in my face, and he's like, fuck, hit me. Why don't you hit me? I'll sue you for everything you got, you fucking chink. And I was like, hey, man, you hit me first, and then I'll punch you. Yeah. You know? And he's like, what, I look like an idiot? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, no, you look like a rapist. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so I'm just, I'm trying to keep my cool, and he just goes, you chink. Yeah. So that's why I was, and he walked away. And I ran after him, and I was going to kick him. Yeah. And I just, I probably shouldn't. Know. Yeah. So I fainted, and then he yeah. slips, and he's like, oh. Like, so I start laughing at him like yeah. an asshole, like Im really immature way. Like, ah, yeah. I got you. Like yeah. that, just to piss him off. And then he goes, you're still a chink. You look like a chink. You act like a chink. You're a fucking chink. Yeah. You know, gets in his car and leaves, and I'm just like, that's it. That's all that happens, right? Yeah. Then five, like 20 minutes later, this other kid comes in and he's like, hey, how much is this ice cream? And I'm like, $2.99. And he goes, $3? $3. All right, $3. And I was just told him, hey, man, look, 20 minutes ago, I just called, got called a chink like 20 times, man. Yeah. I'd appreciate if you didn't just do that, man. I don't yeah. like it. And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I I didn't know that offended you. I'm sorry. And I'm like, hey, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Next morning, his dad comes with him to complain that I called him out for his racism. He was complaining that, who are you to tell my son? that he's Like, you're more upset about the way 
I called out your son for racism, then the fact that your son's a Says racist. I'm, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Listen, it is time for you to take care of your mentals, my friends. I am a huge advocate of mental health and people. You go to the doctor to heal your body, so you need BetterHelp to heal your mind. Therapy isn't for wimps or weak people. Therapy is for everyone. Let's get rid of that stigma and get the help we need. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling done securely online. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. I want you to live happier today. So try BetterHelp and give it a go to get the help you need. Visit BetterHelp.com genius. That's BetterHelp and join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Genius Brain listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com genius. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash genius to get 10% off your first order today. Then it started clicking like, uh, it's just the fucking cycle. Like it's just not going to end kind of. So those, those type of human beings literally don't know. Like they don't know what racism. They literally think that racism, they have to walk up to you and stab you. And they're like, I'm yeah. now I'm racist. Put a noose around my neck. Yeah. Or wear a white hood. Exactly. That's racism. Like, nah, man, there's so many different nuances and levels to this. Yeah. Well, it's because once again, they're like in still in their mind, and people can agree or disagree with this, is because you're still a guest in their house. Right. Like you should be grateful enough that you get to live in this country. Someone told me that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I told them like this racist shit's happening. They said you should be grateful that you have a store despite the racism. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, <laughs> but see, like, I don't even have to know of a specific example of that. And look, I already called it like it is because I could see it in that type of verbiage and behavior, right? You're looking at me as if I am undeserving of what I have and I should be grateful that right. I get to live in the land that you think that you own. Right. Like, bro, you're a fucking immigrant too. You just came here a little earlier than I did, you fuckface. Right. You, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I. I was just starting to see like this shit. I have hundreds of stories yeah. of this stuff that goes on and on. But I was like over time realizing like these people just. Why it keeps going on and on is that their lives aren't getting better and they're just going to blame me for the life sucking. <sighs> I mean, right? it could be that or they just don't care to learn they have no reason to they're gonna stay in their shithole little fucking trailer park right. they're gonna stay with their shithole fucking friends and they're going to regurgitate everything that they believe in and that they know and if they came out to for example a city like seattle they'll, they'll be the fish out of water right and that's why they stay where they're at right like opposition of thought and behavior scares them and i can't tell you how many times they'll say racist shit thinking i'll join in on them with their them like like being racist towards natives because it's it's like a huge native land in that area dog i like, I, and i know what that feels like for Latinos. a lot of kids too where i i've gotten emails where kids have talked to me about and i kind of how back in the day where for example they were in high school and they were maybe one or two kids uh, out of the whole school was Asian, just like you. Mm -hmm. And when people would say racist shit, they would go along with it because they didn't want to seem like they didn't know how to take a joke. Right? And that was the only thing that they could do. And they look back at it now and they feel guilty. They go, well, I should have stuck up for myself. I was like, yeah, but easier said than done. And like, 
I'm not somebody, and you guys look at me like, well, you wouldn't have done that. I don't know that, kid. I say I wouldn't have done that because I didn't grow up in the area that you did. I say that I am brave and I do all this other stuff, and you guys think that is because I had the support to do so. Mm. You know, you didn't. So to be honest with you, maybe I would have done the exact same thing you did. Or I would have been a mass murderer. <laughs> you right. know? So I, I don't know what the situation is. So and sometimes some of these kids, when they deal with these situations, they they look at somebody like me on the internet and they go, This is David Sell wouldn't have done that. And I'll be honest with you, kid, I can't I can't I wouldn't say that. I maybe I would have done the same thing you would have. maybe yeah. I would have laughed. Maybe I would have went along with the jokes. Who fucking knows? And some sometimes they live with guilt because they feel like they should have done better in the sense of, you know, stand up for their culture and you know who they are dude i'm constantly constantly feel like i have to like actually preach that to fellow asian americans to don't just fucking stand there and take it yeah like you don't have to kind of thing like, yeah i mean the best thing is obviously if it gets dangerous you walk away mm-hmm. but that fucking taking it and smiling shit like that just doesn't work anymore when i saw I might have told the story on the podcast before, but when I was at uh, UC Riverside and in my high school, I, I never saw bullying, right? Not to say that there wasn't bullying, but people who usually got bullied, in my opinion, and maybe there's some people in high school that could would disagree with this, but the people who usually got bullied in high school were the people that had a loud mouth. Like they always wanted to say something. For example, like we didn't turn in our homework. I'm like, bro, you're going to get bullied. You should have just shut the fuck up, (laughs) you know, (laughs) or they would try to correct somebody's verbiage or vocabulary, you know, or their grammar. And it's like, doc, somebody's going to fuck you up. Or there'd be that kid with the roller bag. (laughs) I'm like, Hey, just get scoliosis and wear a backpack. (laughs) You're going to get your ass beat. So when I, when I was at UCR, I remember, I remember exactly too. It was, we were going into the commons to, to get, you know, dinner or lunch. Right. So, you know, you have your, not rations, but your punch card or whatever the fuck that is, your card, your meal card. Right. And so uh, when I was about to walk in, I still remember because right in this 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 food area, there is there's two instances. I'm going to tell you two stories. There was one Asian kid and he was getting punked by these two white dudes, right? I've never seen this before, but I know, but you know, when I saw it, it irritated my spirit. Right. And I got mad at two things. I got mad because these two guys were bullying this Asian kid. And I got mad because the Asian kid wasn't standing up for himself. So yeah. I was angry on both instances. Right. But I remember I walked in. And this is the this is when I first heard this phrase. And I heard this phrase repetitively uh, after that from people who, in my personal experience, were white. They were bullying this kid because... Uh, from hearing what they were saying when they were when they were talking to him, they clearly went to the same high school before, right. and they used to punk him while he was in high school, and they just did it again in college. And so when I walked in, I remember I just came up and I fucking shoved this dude super hard. He's like, "Whoa!" I was like, "The f- the fuck's your problem?" And I'm a big dude, yeah. and at this time when I when I went to college, like I was weight training and shit, six foot one Asian dude. I'm not a small fucking guy, six foot one, six foot two, and I come in, and I'm like, "The fuck's your problem?" And they're like, "Yo, we were just making jokes," and I would hear that. So often, I'm just making a joke, and I don't understand how racially bullying somebody is a joke in their fucking world or whatever school that they came from. And so, literally, I'm standing in front of these two dudes, and I'm like, "Do something! Like, the fuck are you doing?" And they're like, "It's just a joke," and they're mad at me because I'm interrupting their fucking yeah. fun, and they bounce. And this Asian cat look at him, and I started getting pissed at him too. I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck is your problem? Yo, the next time somebody does some shit, you say something. You're over here." bowing your head down to these two fucking racist assholes 
and you expect something to change. Do something about that shit. Now, I don't know what happened to him, right? But why, I, I still remember that situation so vividly because I felt disappointed and I also felt angry. Now, as an older person, I don't know what that kid went through. Yeah. And now that I look at it, he probably was the odd person. Now, he wasn't the kid that had my personality. He was like a quiet kid. And when two people are bullying him, he doesn't know what to do. Right. But in that situation, I remember that. And then there was another time in college where... <laughs> this is literally all in the first month. Now, I'm not used to people just fucking with people for no reason. There was consequences to that shit. Like if you came up to somebody, call somebody a bitch, it's like, yo, we're going to have to throw down at the school. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're a geek, nerd, whatever, we're going to have to throw down. I don't give a fuck. A lot of people get fucked up in my high school. Right. So you can't just say things freely without getting checked. Or if you did, you were a little bitch and you should have learned to stay quiet. Right? right. And there was a fine balance between that stuff. But people who went out of their way to bully somebody, I didn't see that a lot in my high school. So um, I was in uh, the same uh, commissary, like fucking kitchen area, right? Where we're, where we're getting our meals or something. But somebody in college, remind me what this place is called. <laughs> Commons. Yeah. But I <laughs> was. Yeah, cafeteria. Yeah. There you go. Fucking yeah. shit. So I got my food. Uh, this guy bumps me, right? As a joke, it's a white dude. And I remember this. It was a white dude with the Asian girlfriend, right? And this dude bumps me as a joke. I don't know why. And obviously, I look like an easy target. Even though I'm a big guy. I'm a fucking dude with thick glasses. Yeah. And Asian dude with That's, knocks yeah. me, knocks my tray down. And I, I kid you not, this fucking happened. Knocks my tray down. Guy starts laughing, right? And I'm like, the fuck? And I see his Asian girlfriend. She's smiling. I'm like, that's your girl? Cool. I pick up the tray with the food on it pick it up and I fucking smash it to the back of his head. And then everybody's like, oh, this is literally like within the first week or month of, of uh, me being a freshman in college. Right. And I, and he just stood there just frozen. And I was, and I remember what I said, because there was a, there was a homegirl named Anne Marie that was there. And she's the one that actually prevented me from getting in trouble. So I looked at him and I was staring at the back of his fucking head. And I was like, turn around. Cause I will never sock somebody behind their fucking head. So I could fuck you up. That's all I said. And that was the first time I was ever bullied, like racially, yeah, like like that, like like shit I saw on TV. I didn't know bullying like that existed. I'm getting mad just thinking. Yeah, <laughs> like I literally didn't know that people did stuff like this. I only saw this on TV, like Saved by the Bell, fucking Family Matters, that type of shit. Yeah, because my school had fucking killers in it. Like you didn't do this type of stuff unless you want unless you wanted some fucking heat. And so when he did that, he stood there and I remember he stood there and he froze and I was screaming at the back of his head. I was like, I'm going to fuck you up. Hurry up and turn the fuck around so I can fucking beat your ass. You know, and I don't think he expected me to sound like that because I was this geeky little Asian kid. Dude. You know? So uh, just sitting here, I'm only 5'7". Or let's say 5'8". Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, same deal. The dweeby look, the whatever that is in the American lexicon in how they see Asian men. It's just emasculated that we're not going to do shit. Yeah. But sometimes, like, I hear it all the time between your podcast and JK's. There's just always just like, you never know what the other guy is capable of doing. You never know. You never know. And what I saw with the behavior that you're talking about, I saw that shit every fucking week with some loser peaked in high school Maybe he was on the That's football team. That's what that team, kid is. Right, yeah. But you ain't shit now. And you're at a fucking gas station, by the way. Mm -hmm. They come to me and point their finger in my face and call me a loser. Say I'm making minimum wage. Call me a chink, an idiot, 
uh, yeah, Google, all that shit, you know. And then I talk back immediately because a it's my store. I'm not gonna get fired. Yeah. And let me talk to the manager. I am the manager. Yeah. You know, you're just an employee. Bullshit. And like, you know, like so. What you're describing, I would always talk back, and I just do my ADHD wit and just curse them the fuck out you mm -hmm. cocksucking motherfucking bitch ass shitheaded motherfucking fat sloppy piece of look at you you fucking gross yeah. motherfucker you alcoholic piece of shit nobody that's why you're fucking divorced and your kids hate you like i'd say yeah. that kind of shit and they'd all back down yeah all of 100 percent. why it's like they're so entitled to feel like they can and empowered to say this i wonder why in the last four years they feel empowered yeah but they feel empowered to say that shit especially people like us thinking that we're not gonna be like I mean, oh, please come again yeah. please buy more kisserine you know and it's that that's the thing too like when i go back to that situation and that kid froze and i still remember to this day what he said is because he stood there frozen with fucking food dripping down the back of his fucking head and he not looked gonna... over to his girlfriend that was standing to the right of him he goes baby what do i do he said, baby, what do baby, I do? what do I do? And I just kept screaming, turn the fuck around so I can fuck you up. I was pissed, you know? But then my, my friend Anne-Marie came up. She grabbed me. She goes, hey, you need to get out of here because you're going to get in trouble. And she literally dragged me away because I was going to fuck this guy up. And I'm like, I couldn't process why he did that to me. I couldn't process it. I'm like, dog, I'm just getting my food. Why the fuck would you do that? And out of all the people that you saw, why me? And I'm thinking about it. It's like, oh, and it reminded me of me when I was in elementary school. Right. I was like, you thought I was an easy target. Mm -hmm. You thought I was, you know, I'm a fat, chubby dude, glasses, whatever, sweet joking around. You thought if you do that, it would be kind of funny. And I was like looking at this fucking Asian bitch. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't have to be with an Asian guy. I don't believe in that bullshit. Love who you love, right? But you saw somebody bully somebody because of the color of their skin, the shape of their eyes, and you being an Asian American, you thought it was funny and it was okay. You don't fucking know. <sighs> you are not white. No Man. matter what you do, they, you are his fucking toy. Yeah. And the fact that you could stand there and watch him treat somebody who looks just like you, like a piece of shit, made me fucking infuriated. Bootlicking 101, guys. Yeah. And so I, I just... <laughs> I still remember that till this day. And that was why it was so hard for me to be in Riverside. I've never been around that many white people in my life. It was when I went to college. And when I saw like glimpses of like, extreme racism, it would fucking irritate my spirit. You know, it would piss me off. That's why I did all these fucking videos. Yeah. It's easy for me because this is a ship. I, I mean, once again, because of how I grew up, like I used to get bullied. I used to stand up for myself. It wasn't very hard for me to do that as a fucking adult. You know, right. especially because I knew half these kids were a bunch of bitches in school. So what the fuck are you going to do to me? You know what I mean? Like I literally been robbed my whole life. I got my ass jumped when I was a kid. I didn't grow up in a nice fucking neighborhood. When I come to a university, I will fuck you up. Like I'm the bitch in my neighborhood, but I'm right. a tough guy in this school. So let's see what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure none of you have a gun or going to pull it to my fucking head. So unless that's going to happen, you're not going to just punk me, you know? And that experience, like I just remembered that, that one moment. And I'm like, am I getting bullied because of my race right. i'm like this has never fucking happened before so that's like the only experience that i've really had you know and it happened for the past four years um which is why i'm here in la now yeah i tried my fucking best to help run this store for my family and look when i when i first got there 
uh, I joined <laughs> self help seminar. <laughs> one of those ones where there's a like a keynote speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's just like 200 people in the room, and then people go up to share their stories and they cry and shit. Um, honestly, it, the first session helped me a bunch. Um, helped me get through a lot of resentment I had in my life and whatever. But I was also still dealing with the fact that moving away from LA when I'm doing what I love doing, making videos and directing, shooting, all that shit, and then having to just go back home <laughs> to yeah, yeah, the yeah, gas yeah. station was like utter failure. So I signed up for this self-help thing and by the, the, the first session, I'm coming out like, okay, it's not like high school anymore, mm -hmm. right? I don't know what it's gonna be like, to be honest. I can predict it, but I don't know the future. And it's one of those things where I create my path for the future or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I look at it more like, you know what? If I go there and serve these white people, you know, and show them, you know, love, gratitude, and appreciation for their business, things will look all right, right? No, it didn't fucking happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The race, the bullshit didn't fucking stop no matter what. Like, no matter how even well-intentioned people could be. Uh, this one guy comes in, he's just mumbling because he's got big fat chew in his lip. I can't understand what he's saying. But in the end, he's just asking for Marlboro 100s. Yeah. So I give it to him and he's all pissed off. And it's like, he's treating, he's acting like I don't speak English. I just can't fucking understand him. And I'm just like, God, that fucking... You know, what am I going to get mad at at this point? I already made the sale. But the next guy comes in line. And it's this old, like, seven-year-old man. He looks like a cartoon character. One tooth in his yeah. gum coming out with the beard and a train cap and overalls. Hilarious. And he's, he's like, I saw that whole thing. That wasn't nice. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, he really didn't treat you fairly, did he? And I'm like, holy shit, this guy yeah. like, gets it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then he goes, did it make you feel like a gook? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, dad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. you <laughs> Okay, like, A for intention, right? Like That guy doesn't know any better. Yeah, C for, like, no, F for execution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like... I, yeah, yeah. It's like, you right. know, yeah, I felt bad. Yeah, I feel bad. He's like, right. I feel bad. It's like, so what do you think the word gook means? Like, it means bad, right? It's like, ah, oh, fucking guy. Did it make you feel like a worthless gook? Yeah. Like, you know what? Thank you. Yeah, man. And even like, so like Walmart's a 30 minute fucking drive, you know, and I got to go there for my own shit sometimes. Yeah. You know, I can't shop for groceries at a gas Dude, station. The people at Walmart in your area back, back at your hometown must have been nuts. Yeah, it's the real like people of Walmart kind of thread. Like you'll find a lot of people crazy just eating fucking people. Prego tomato sauce out of the jar <laughs> and putting it Weird back on shit, there. Man, I mean, it's like also we have to realize like kids grow up there too, right? Yeah, and look at what's happened in the last ten years. There's these there be there's some weebs out there who get who've never seen an Asian person in their life, right? Yeah, when they spot me at Walmart, I'm like a fucking Pokemon dude. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, let me tell you something. Yeah. I worship you. Yeah. <laughs> like the things y'all do with your animes and those girls with them big old titties. 
and those pink eyes. How you get your eyeballs like that? Yeah. How you get them to sparkle? How come they charge up for three episodes yeah. <laughs> and they don't do I shit? I tried that crunch roll, man. That fucking bullshit. Yeah. No. I, I mean, know that she was sushi. <laughs> the fuck? It's, it gets, I mean, it's those little, let's quote unquote, microaggressions mm-hmm. where I get it like, you know, if you're at work in LA and you work with a bunch of white people in a startup tech, like, mm-hmm. yeah, people will complain about the way your kinchijiga smells at work and that'll incense you, right? Yeah. But out there is just literally my fucking existence. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it is these weird, slight kind of like when, when I, I, I think it was a Fox video where they explained microaggressions as mosquito bites, mm-hmm. right? And when you get a mosquito bite in the same fucking spot 5,000 times, you're just going to be like, fuck mosquitoes. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Like You're done with fucking Mm -hmm. mosquito bites. You'll treat it as if your whole arm's getting cut off. You're fucking done with this shit. And that's where I got to that point where I told you uh, the other day at the uh, the restaurant where um, I had like six black regular customers all great like sweet people mm-hmm. and at one point um i'm feeling like shit because some other fucking racist shit probably happened some drunk dude some guy once punched me in the face through my phone because i tried to take a picture of his face and i was pretty much just done with this shit and i asked this guy his name is chad like um he's a black guy though like old 60 year old black guy yeah or Chaz. Mm-hmm. um like Dude, you've been here for like so long. He was my dad's friend from yeah. back like when my dad was running the store 20 years ago. It's like, how do you deal with this shit? You know, I know you probably have it worse than me. Yeah. And he just looks at me and he's just like, just fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Just kidnap their wife and no. them. He's like, if they ever, his his voice is really like, like really like, yeah. rough. He's just, if they ever fuck with you just fuck them up yeah. and they will never fuck with you again yeah. <laughs> that's what he told me like and i actually took it to heart then where i was like all right let's stop this I, that was one of like the where i just lost a shit ton of weight kind of thing Another part of it was like I gotta get in shape because I have to defend myself. Yeah, you know, like that was one of those things where it really actually hit home. Like I have to know how to defend myself from these people. It's interesting because when I was younger, and I've said this before multiple times, you know, I always talk about these stories where I got bullied. But I tell you this though, my my biggest goal was as a fucking fat kid with thick glasses and you know you know you know what i mean like and i was a goofy kid everybody of course was going to try to bully me but my thing was it's like you could bully me but i'm gonna make it the worst time of your life like i'm gonna be the hardest fucking kid to bully so you're gonna have to pick another target right because you push me i'm gonna push you back you're gonna jump me i'll take the beanies but i'm gonna fucking beat up one of you at least you know because because it's like stuff my dad taught me too though because my dad knew that i was getting bullied you know so he would be like well, go back and beat them up, you know. Yo, and then he would get mad at me for getting getting in trouble at school. And That's I'm like, my what? dad too. It was like, what did you want me to do? I remember, um, 
when I was, so we used to live, live in this area called Tem Woods in Sacramento. It's like these duplex areas. I heard it got a lot nicer, but when I grew up there at the time, it was fucking hood. Like it was ghetto, right? Yeah. Uh, there was like fucking trap houses in every corner. There was like one street that were all like Samoan bloods. Like it, it was bad, you know? But uh, we had, there's these couple of kids on the block. There's actually two funny stories to this. Who, uh, do you remember those glitter sticks that had like water in it? And, right. And it, so, uh, kids stole my shit, right? And, and <laughs> wait, wait, wait. He stole my little glitter stick. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Okay. I won't even ask why you had one, but all right. Because we used to get it at the flea market. <laughs> right. So my dad would like get us random toys. So we would get right. guns and toys. It's just and like we, the cheap lava lamp, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we, me and my brother would use it as like, like sword fighting, you know? Right. So we would like fucking beat each other's asses with that stuff. And it was almost like a, like a lightsaber. Yeah. You know? And so um, kids stole my shit. And I came back. My dad's like, where's the fuck is the toy that I got you? He goes, this kid took it. He goes, cool. You're not coming back home until you get it back. <laughs> I'm like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I don't know. Go get it back. You know, my dad was irritated. Which is, I went back, found the kid with my stick, and he was like laughing at me, kind of having it in my face. And I remember I grabbed that shit and I started fucking beating his ass with it. You know what I mean? And that's all I could do. But I'll tell you this, the kid never stole from me again. Yeah. Ever again. But I will say that's not a good thing to teach your kids because this kind of evolved into this habit of me only thinking that violence was a way uh, of solving my problems, you right. know? But at the time, my dad didn't have time to teach me the shit. He, we were making ends meet. Like, we were living in a duplex, you know, on welfare. We're broke as shit. There's no stoicism to Koreans. <laughs> yeah, there's no such that, thing. That shit doesn't there's exist. no fucking such thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, even my dad, same deal, like, getting in a fight at school. I come home with a scratch on my nose. And my dad looked at my brother first. And said, why don't you just, do something? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, like yeah. kind of thing. And just a lot of that screaming, like, next time, right here, Yogi, Yogi, Bobby, Yogi, Bok, Daddy, right here. That's it, Kale. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, they didn't teach anything about like turning the other cheek. It wasn't this concept of use your words instead. It's like, make sure that they never fuck with you again. Right. There's this fucking funny ass thing that happened dude i so my cousin's a pastor now right and so we don't see each other often he lives out in jersey so when i was visiting out it either was either i was either in jersey no we were in sacramento and uh we we decided to drive back to the duplexes that we used to live in uh, just to go down memory lane like yo remember we got into a fight over here and we did all this other yeah. shit and so my, my cousin looks at me he goes and oh, I was telling him the story, and we were reminiscing about a very specific story. <laughs> so, um, the neighborhood, a bunch of kids had a huge fucking brawl. Like we were all throwing down, right? right? And I would tell him this, hey, remember that fight? And my cousin was like, Do you remember like some of the weird shit that happened that day? I was like, Yeah, there was that one lady who lived in the corner of the street and she had a pack of pink Starbush Starburst and she was just eating Starburst, watching these kids fucking beat the shit out of each other with like sticks and fucking bats and whatever, right? And mind you, we're like six or seven years old. Yeah. We're fucking throwing down. Uh, and he goes, and I looked at him, I was like, Yeah, remember that fucking crazy kid that brought out the knife and started and it kind of like stopped the whole fight and we all went home. And he looked at me. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, are you joking? He didn't say fucking. He's a pastor. Yeah. I'm like, he goes, I was like, what do you mean? I'm laughing. He goes, that was you. I was like, who? What are you talking about? He goes, you brought the knife. You went inside the house and you had a fucking like chef's knife and you started screaming, Dude. threatening people. And I'm like, me? 
<laughs> he goes, no, he goes, that wasn't me. He goes, dog, that was you. So something happened in my head where I remembered it completely differently, where I thought it was some other kid that did it. I did that shit. Yeah. And I was, I thought he was fucking with me. He goes, dude, that was you. You brought the knife out. I'm like, dog, I'm a fucking maniac. I'm a psychopath. Every time I've had those moments too, like it's either later I might have changed it in my memory. Yeah. So that. Like a coping mechanism or right, something. Like exactly. I would never do something Someone like would, that. Like my brother would call me out about like pooping in the bathtub or some shit. Uh, like, what? I don't remember. Yeah. No way. I don't remember like that kind of shit. But like uh, especially when we get angry. So like the Han, right? Yeah. Just that K rage. And there's always a regret afterwards. I don't know about yeah. you. Like yeah. I even I'll say like fuck that shit and but in the back of my mind i'm like i could have handled that better a hundred percent i mean there's a lot of moments too where um i think because um i think anybody who grew up kind of poor <laughs> violence <laughs> tends to be the answer <laughs> yeah like what else you got man we got nothing like it's and by the way too you have when, to fight for your scraps how, how can you ground a kid who has nothing yeah. what are you taking away from us right you know it's like you're not allowed to watch tv they didn't let me watch tv in the first place yeah. <laughs> you know there was nothing to take from us and at the time because my parents didn't have the times the mean or maybe even like the intellect to even think about alternative ways of punishment because they're only think of learning uh doing stuff that they learn from their parents right they don't have time right they don't, all they know is that if i fuck this kid up for now he won't do it right you know and hopefully he won't do it again because parents are working how many hours a fucking week you know 70 hours a week my dad was uh he was getting his master's in theology because he was trying to be a pastor while he was running a business while he was taking care of my grandparents while he was taking care of me like and my brother but what fucking time did he have could you imagine how stressful that was for my parents like my mom and dad my mom and dad's relationship got better once i went to college because (laughs) They had, they had they didn't have me to worry about. Now that he's out. <laughs> yeah. I remember Let's this shit. On our shit. I remember I came back from college once and I saw my mom and dad flirting. I was like, ugh. <laughs> Boy, you know, but they were happier because they I went to college and a right. big chunk of the stuff that they were worried about was finished. I wasn't getting into fights. I wasn't getting bullied. These This is the stuff that they had to worry about constantly. Mm. You know, and then once that was relieved, their relationship got better. When we stopped being impoverished and we went to like you know, lower middle class, they started getting into less fights. Right. Because a lot of the uh, relationship problems that they were having was because of the financial stress that they were in, thinking about putting food on the table, um, taking care of my grandparents, all this bullshit that was happening in their yeah. lives. Somebody stole one of my dad's businesses. Like there was a bunch of shit that was going on. Yeah. The last thing they needed was this fucking chubby little fucking Asian kid getting into fights with everybody in high school and dropping out, you know? Of all the things my parents were going through, like... So when when I was in when we first moved out there, I'm in seventh grade, and my Korean sucks. Obviously, like when I sp- speak Korean to my parents, it's a very baby Konglish kind of deal. And I remember I was trying to explain to my mom like the school is racist. Yeah, like is bad. I hate school. Mm-hmm. In my mind was and in, in my mom's mind, I think she heard I hate education. <laughs> Of course. Ma, you hate the school. Yeah. <laughs> she starts screaming at yeah. me. And it's like, yeah, I just had to go there and fucking face it. Yeah. I just had to go in there and just deal with it in the way I could. But tell you what, though, the only one full circle thing that really worked out for me was 
you know, I, my first story was like band class, right? Yeah. So that that middle school band teacher, his name is Mr. Yancey, right? So flash forward 20 years later, I'm fucking back at the store <laughs> after LA. Mr. Yancey is my, comes in, he's a customer. I'm like, oh my gosh, like Mr. And he's like, uh, like, yeah, but he remembers him because yeah. I'm the only Asian yeah. Trump history probably like, ever uh, had. Gook, <laughs> like, that's a guy. no but um caught up a lot you know got to talk to his wife and whatever um like later that week this fucking lady some bullshit just comes in pissed like everyone always does and it got to the point where she's just like you know what fuck you trump's gonna kick you out of this country okay and i'm just like i was born here where am i gonna go just go back to fucking asia you know, Trump's going to kick you out. And this is my first experience um, having a fucking grown-ass woman tell me this. Because yeah. I'm used to kids doing yeah, this same to that me. Shit, yeah, It's a woman in her 60s, which means, like, you lived through some shit, like, like <laughs> to see where we are today. Like, yeah. anyway, like, I just went off on her, calling her a fucking racist bitch cunt. Yeah. I spit in the back of her head <laughs> as she was walking out and uh, but there was nothing she just drove off yeah but this stupid bitch paid with a check with her name and her address and her phone number on it <laughs> dummy who the fuck still uses a check too you fucking artifact old white people <laughs> so fucking fossil I'm like reeling with what the fuck just happened and guess who comes in Mr. Yancey hey Ed how's it going you know like well, not good. Yeah. I just told him what just happened. And this is like 99% of all white people's answers when I tell them this shit. Like, they say, wow, I'm really sorry. They don't, See they, won't. <laughs> they don't know how what it feels like. Yeah. And he leaves. And then like five minutes later, though, his wife comes in. She cuts the line. She comes straight to me and grabs my hands. She's like, Ed. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And she's like crying. Tears are streaming down her face. She's like, I don't know who this woman is, but I'm going to do what I can to make this right. Like, I already know. She's like a, a, a lawyer, defense lawyer yeah. in Seattle and stuff. So, and I was like, well, this lady paid with a check. Yeah. And I showed her her name, address, phone number. She copied it down. She's like, I'm going to do something about this, Ed. Yeah. And she leaves. Two hours later, I get a phone call. This is the lady who was there earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I didn't know your situation and what you're doing. And I'm sorry. I was just angry and upset. I just said the worst thing I could think of. Yeah. And then it kind of clicked. Like, yeah, these people aren't that KKK racist. They're not. They're not trying to noose people. They're not trying to kill me and hang me. But when they're caught in that situation where they've just, whatever whatever the fuck happens in some shitty situation and, and I'm not going to take their shit. Yeah. They went to the lowest hanging fruit that they could think of just to win that fight Yeah, against me. So they'll say, Goo. they'll say, get out of this country. They'll say some heinous shit. Um, it's, it's just them being incensed and personally hurt that that's all they got left. Well, that's why, that's what I'm saying too. And I think this is the, the hardest part 
for people to understand that are younger, right? And when somebody, for us, you know, we're in our young 30s and we tell these kids these this type of message, they don't get it. They're too, they're too angry, you know, for them to understand this. And I keep telling people, forgiveness and empathy is not for the other person, it's for you. Yeah. Because you got to understand when we're all born, we're a blank slate. Something happened along the way of their growth as a human being that caused them to think like this. I, I have a habit of calling out people's shitty behavior without giving him the grace like or the space yeah. to realize and be better yeah. just be like you fucking piece of shit look at you yeah like yeah I, I definitely yeah have to like need the foresight to be like okay i need to say this really slowly <laughs> really like one so of the things that people still me. don't understand like especially in my last video that, that i talked about um where I was trying to explain people, probably not in the best way either, right? Because this is a comedy channel too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm making jokes and shit, you know, calling people dumb and shit, which you guys are. <laughs> not everybody, I'm sorry. But they were saying, uh, like one of the phrases that I, uh, they were basically saying that me understanding why people uh, voted for Trump is like, they're basically calling me like an Uncle Tom, like the fuck. And I'm like, you can't just, uh, it's not that simple, you know? And what I what I said too was, I guarantee you, you've never had a conversation with somebody who decided to vote for Trump that was level-headed. And what I was trying to get at was, you are ruining your personal relationships for people that you should have rapport with, that you should be able to have a conversation with to understand why, and you choose not to because you don't know. Yeah. You are unprepared to have that conversation, right? And you're not in a, we're, we're now, not just you, whoever wrote those comments, It's me. it's me too, we had this habit of, only wanting to talk to people to affirm what we already believe in. I like I, I understand because I get woke checked by younger kids these days. Yeah, when they've never seen the shit or experienced half of the things I have. Exactly, my entire life. That's the annoying thing. Like right? you have never went to court and fucking testified on behalf of your own self defense because of some stupid motherfucker, and you're telling me that I should pronounce. Kamala Harris's name correctly. You this get such a stickler for that shit. It, it's like semantics. Corals, yeah. You know what I mean? Like these little things like, man, like we're, I'm trying, man, but like when you talk to me like I'm I don't know shit, that's where I'm just like, Well, that's the uh, funny thing. It's like why even mention that? Are you doing that because you you see an injustice happening or are you doing that because you want a fucking pat on your back because you know how to pronounce her name and you're extra woke? Fuck you. Who is that like? Who's that like the guy who can quote any Bible verse on cue, yeah. right? And know the the chapter and, and the verse. It's like being woke is like right now in the culture, the con conversation about it is very theoretical, right? Yeah. It's a theology at these this point where it's like, well, what is okay and what isn't or whatever. And people are basing all this shit off of like their ideology yeah. rather than like just really practical policies. And, you know, like I get it. Like I've seen it. Like the ide ideology that makes people believe so hard in what they think is the, the shit that makes them call me a gook and a chink, right? Yeah. The weird thing is, and I think the thing that they hate hearing, it's like the funny thing is you are no better then that person who calls somebody else or a gook and a chink, you're just doing it in a different way. You know? Right. I, I, look, I hear it a lot. Like, it's, look, culturally, it's okay to make fun of white people these days, right? Well, because nothing happens to them. Like, no, they, nothing really happens, right? 
But um, at the same time, like, I meet some people who genuinely hate white people. Yeah. Like, genuinely. Um, I, like, have had to ask myself that because of all the shit that happened to me. Like, the same thing you said. I see 300 customers a day. Two people were shitty. Does that mean all white people are racist? Like, fucking no. I'd be a goddamn motherfucking idiot if I believed yeah. that. Okay? Two people were really shitty because they had a really bad fucking day and they called me a gook. You know? And, like, I have to break that shit down for my own mental health. Hell yeah. Sake so that I can be at peace. Or else I'm going to ha- want revenge and I'm going to go look for that guy for calling <laughs> me a gook. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've gone out and looked for a motherfucker who peed on my fence, you know? Yeah. Like, and, and just, if someone's going to call me a gook, I'm going to retaliate. And sometimes I got to calm my shit down or else I'm going to lose and do something and regret and end up in court like I did. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, what what it has gone to show right now is how people just, everything is becoming more black and white and polarized and people are only stretching further and further away from each other. It, it's, it is two different Americas. It's just being like an hour away from Tacoma though. Like it's two different Americas, you know? And I, I think people have to understand like these people are people too. They live, breathe and hurt and cry and have money problems. Just like you, they're on welfare too. They're fucking in poverty, all this shit. They have drug problems, Meth and heroin is has a crazy wave out there in Shelton. You know, and obviously too with like Trump and his rhetoric, he has to take responsibility for why people feel this way, which is why I didn't vote for him. You know, in yeah. terms of like for example, there's a reason why people have attributed it. Attri- they attribute the American flag. Citizens of this country attribute the American flag as a racial symbol. Now, <laughs> what the fuck is that about? You know, and there's a there's a there's. Uh. A reason why this has happened. Isn't it weird sometimes when we look at an American flag, I get uneasy. I'm like, why do I get uneasy when I look at that shit? You know, and it's because of honestly a lot of the stuff that the president has said and has said in the past. Whether it was a joke, whether he's being sarcastic or not. And a lot of it has to do with the media. And I'll be real, like liberal media has been pretty terrible. (laughs) You know, they've been pretty fucking terrible. Obviously, conservative media, too. They're very responsible for the bullshit that they've been putting out as well. But because we are being pulled apart by bullshit and sensationalized news, we only dig ourselves deeper into the thoughts that we've already had, specifically when it comes to anger and hate. Yes, just biased tribalism. Yeah. It's just you already knew this, so you're going to repeat a fucking meme. You're going to repeat a headline on Twitter. You're going to repeat a Reddit headline, all this shit. And nobody is like, everyone's saying talking points. Nobody has their own thoughts. Exactly. Like perhaps people are voting like for a million different reasons, but like that is on their conscious kind of thing. And what in the fuck have you you ever been able to get somebody to be your friend by telling them, fuck you? (laughs) 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 You know, when when have you, when in the history of man, have we ever been able to say to somebody, hey, the reason why I think that, you know, voting for the specific person that you're voting for is hurtful to me, um, in a civil way has will not work better than saying fuck you to somebody right you know that's all i'm trying to say it's like have a conversation with people and then challenge your ideas right because when you challenge your ideas there's a couple of things that's going to happen either you're going to lose what something that you thought was uh, a concrete belief in your life or you're going to be able to find things about yourself to even to solidify your belief even further right Right. There are two things that happen. 
No, exactly. So like when a lot of people face this existential crisis in their lives where I have a lot of times um, where I'm like the thought that my life uh, isn't what everyone told me it was going to be. Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of people are facing that as Americans, aren't they? Like, let's say a case in point, like for us people of color and whatever, the way we've experienced America, it's not like white people have described it. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. The land of milk and honey. But at the same time, white Americans who are becoming increasingly irrelevant in this day, day and age where, um, like literally, like I was saying earlier, you, you can just make fun of white people. Uh, people of color being elevated for their sexiness, for their athleticism, for all everything like in all of the uh media lexicon like it's it's easy for them to just believe that they're gonna get wiped out which is why they have to find their identity in their whiteness which is so weird because when you look at the percentage of how many white people are here it's still an absorbent amount it's like it's ridiculous it's like it's over like 70 or 80 percent or some shit like that yeah so like why are you so like what is it about like your your grandchild's being brown you know yeah. your kids being brown like is there something well, wrong i was with walking, watching a documentary on hbo and it's it's this uk comic uh that went around and i've talked about this before where he went around and he starts having these episodes where he's interviewing people like in the kkk or people who just of crazy like opposite thought like bigots or whatever right mm. so um he went to go interview like these russian nationalists and he, these guys are super nice to him, right? right? He's like a light-skinned black dude, right? Right. He looks at him, he goes, why aren't you racist to the guy? He goes, well, I don't believe in that type of stuff. And I don't remember exactly what he said. He was like, uh -huh. I just don't think that you should judge people by the color of skin. He goes, you should be racist. Like the the, the Russian is telling him like, you should be racist. He goes, why? He goes, like, what, what do you mean? He's laughing, right? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, like being racist is good. Like you should be racist. He's like, you, he goes, I don't mind if you come visit my country. Enjoy it. Fine. But don't live here. Go back <laughs> home. You know? Don't stay here. He goes, if I come into your country, you tell me to get out too. I don't belong there. <laughs> and I've never heard that perspective before. Isn't that fucking fascinating? He's like, yeah. Don't we all do this? Yeah. <laughs> We're all racist. And you know, when he said that, I was like, that's dumb. But at the same time, I understand him better now. Yeah. Like. You know, if we can all accept that we all have some kind of tinge of racism in that fact, like where it's not like we said, not straight up, get out of my fucking country, but just like that's what that. people are doing, though. So when 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 we say when you know somebody who votes for Trump, like I said, I know they automatically go, he's the get out of my country type of human being. And I'm mm. like, how how did you draw that line? Well, I know how you drew that line is because of what media has done and what you've seen our president of the United States say and do. So I understand, right? But once again, you to get rid of your personal relationships because you refuse to have a conversation with them about just asking them why is dumb. It actually shows how dumb you are. It shows how afraid you are to have a conversation because I guarantee you, you wouldn't be able to back up what you're saying versus what they're saying. And you're scared of it sometimes, right? It's easier just to be like, I hate you, get the fuck away from me. I'm right and you're wrong. Mm. And I'm not telling you to walk away feeling that who you voted for was wrong. But if they are your friends and you have a personal relationship, it's a dumb thing for you to, throw that all away because of what who they choose to vote for 
right? Because who they choose to vote for isn't the reason that you think that the that they're voting for that person. That's something that you concocted in your head without even giving the your friend a chance to explain themselves. Because everyone is spewing your thoughts for you. Yeah. People are trying to figure out what other people are saying about what's so bad about because of the polarization. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. Once again, I have to say it again because I don't think people are going to understand. I'm not talking about the racist, get out of my country, KKK loving fucking white people. Fuck those people. Yeah. I'm talking about the people in your circle, your friends, maybe even your coworkers that you know that you that you thought you liked, but until you heard that they were voting for Trump, you hated them. Yeah. Don't don't you think that your personal relationship that they deserve the opportunity to explain themselves so you can understand why, and you might walk away hating them more. And that's okay, but you at least had to give it a chance in order for you to be civil, in order for us to all get along. This is everybody's fucking country. We have to get along. I think perhaps it's because people don't aren't equipped and ready to have real conversations either. They're ready to have a fight. They want to go into a, res- a conversation with their shit ready and, and then study up on all the headlines and the stats and whatever. Mm-hmm. And when I say like, you know, I gave like the Kamala Harris example, yeah. right? I'm not saying I know about that situation. I'm just telling you what this person told me. I haven't done my personal research right. on that, but that's what they told me. And I'm like, okay, these are your reasons. I can understand why you feel that way. But, oh, uh, uh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah. you know, and then it's like, when it's like that, it's just, what are you going to do with that? You're going to change their vote because they're like, ah! yeah. now they're going to change their vote. Oh, man, that guy gave me a really dirty look. Yeah, it's not going to happen that way. <laughs> it's not going to happen that no. way. But, conversa- but, but a good conversation with your peers, I think, I know works better. You know what kind of like is hitting me in the back of the head about all this? is what they teach us about like uh evangelizing jesus <laughs> and going out there and being relational like it, mm-hmm. it's all those steps like not to say like is politics com- is religious this is probably where my ideal comes from because yeah. of church yeah but but it is because like you and i we grew up in church we've been told like how to reach people like you don't you can't abracadabra make them a christian kind of thing it's very relational yeah right? you are involved in their lives there's a mentorship, discipleship, or friendship, any something relationship, and it and it comes organically because you are showing that look, I have no hate. I'm here to love on you, and I love you because of this or whatever, Jesus or whatever. Now, if you want to show your idea, like for Biden or Trump, like calling someone a libtard, <laughs> or yeah, what does that do? Yeah, any kind of sense. Like, it's just gonna make them calling. hate you more, right? And we're, I, I see it all over Facebook. Like, just people are yelling at each other, yelling, preaching, and just you're a sheep. So hard, you're, you're oh a sheep. Gosh. Like, it's like, dog, aren't you too? Then, yes. Yeah, what makes you a sheep and this other person not a sheep? The fact, the the very point when you engage is when you become a sheep. And I have to watch myself because I get pissed. Trump pisses me off, but. You know, like, I got to watch my shit. Yeah, like, you know, the president of the United States said, like, stop the votes. Like, this is hilarious to me. I'm like, <laughs> this dude has lost it. You yeah. Know? Fake votes. It's like, what is he saying? He's, yes, we all know. Like, I, I, there's one point where um, you get it. You get Trump and all his bu- bullshit. You get his game. And because 
you really have to for someone like me i don't know other people like i mean a lot of people i get that anxiety i just feel like whenever i read that headline or whatever to walk away from it at one point you i just have to say how many times am i gonna get upset about this motherfucker <laughs> yeah like how much am i of my uh sanity am i gonna give this guy he knows what he's doing now yeah. he understands you know and mind you there's a bit of responsibility on all of our shoulders because we didn't vote last time. Yeah. We thought he wasn't going to be the president of the United States. So this is in part a lot of our responsibility if you didn't want him to be in office because we didn't think it was possible. We were giving him free publicity, specifically a lot of these news outlets when he was saying like salacious shit. And they thought that they were going to ruin his character, but they weren't. They were giving him free publicity. Yeah. They were building Look, him up. Even for me, it's easy to rank on him. Mm-hmm. It's easy to roast him. It's easy to make fun of him. It's easy to have a response to his stupidity. But I think people have to realize, like, even for me, like, that's what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep putting his name out there, even if you are roasting him or, like, talking shit about him or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, that's just the way the entire game works, yeah. right? From social media to politics and the whole, like, just trickle-down economy of of how our social lives is, is affecting yeah. numbers. Like, we just have to just either in, disengage and walk away. Like, you don't have to be a part of it also. And just, like, even on a final note, there's a reason why the, the presidential election, the race is so close. Is because in your mind, you think that everybody is supposed to think just like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's what people get shocked. Like, I can't believe it's this close. Like, not me, man. No. like the- Everybody, like, I thought I thought Trump was going to win. I'm more surprised that Biden is, is yeah, taking the lead. The United States is a huge fucking country. And what Trump did was he chose not to forget the people that everybody else forgot because it's only about yeah. it's only about the East Coast and the West Coast. But you forgot about those middle states, those people who are forgotten, who are losing their jobs, fucking right. farmers. Right. You know what I mean? He appealed to those people. So you got to understand, like, the our country is a big fucking country. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and people don't realize that. We always think that other people are going to think the way that we think. And it's just not true. It's honestly stressful. You know, I fucking have crazy anxiety, you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 a it's a lot to take in. But I think traveling for me was the biggest eye opener. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, not everybody thinks like me. And it's dumb for me to think that they do. And being where I was for the last four years taught me a lot about my generalization of white people, Trump supporters, conservatives or real Trump's America. Um we we do have to say like yeah liberal media paints a picture for you of what it's like mm-hmm. yes that country shit does happen they do crazy weird shit mm-hmm. yes but are they hateful no yeah i'll say like i experienced all this sh- i just told stories like crazy shit like i at the end of the day when i walk out of there the last four years i truly don't believe these people had hate in their hearts towards me specifically were and were out there after me no yeah though like it's not like that but they chose something because they know it would hurt you yes the problem is america as a whole look at the community of people it's not just oh look white see white people no there this is an entire neighborhood 
neighborhood and just group of people all together at once. There are people who are suffering and hurting yeah. and are in poverty. And guess what? Trump appealed to those people. Yes. And he became their savior. That's what happened. And they are the majority of America. There's a huge, huge part of America that people didn't see, that don't see, like especially if you live in LA. They, they still don't care. They yeah. still think that they're obsolete. But guess what? Those people out there are the ones that vote the most. You know why? Because they don't got shit to do. They, they look forward have, to that shit. Yeah. You know, we're so busy doing our own thing. Like voting is the last thing that we care about. Honestly, probably the biggest reason why I voted this time was because I got the mail in my ballot. <laughs> it, they made it easier yeah. for me. You know, I'm like, oh, I just got to drop the shit off. Thank God, you know? Yeah. And for me, it was just, I wish people would. But I mean, like, A, you can't force a bunch of people together and try to figure it out. Yeah. B, um, it's going to take a long, long fucking time. But also, the last part of it is that all the things that these shitty people had in common even though I'm calling them shit, I probably shouldn't. Like, it was just that their lives were, they were all in a shitty situation. Yeah. So many people, a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and they're hurting and in pain, which is why, you know, I, I like not trying to, I mean, look, it's Friday, November, the what? The election. Yeah. They're still trying to count it. And that's probably why we're talking about it. Like, Andrew Yang is right. Like, when he was out there in Iowa and whatever, he saw what I saw. At the end of the day, hey, you got to you got to explain yourself why you dropped out, you son of a bitch. Hey, I you, love you. I fucking loved you. You could have like I I loved all his policies. Like from all the people who called me, uh, my worst the most life, pragmatic, most logical yeah. human being ever. I'm like, if all those motherfuckers at my store just got a thousand dollars a month, that would have just left me alone. Yep, they wouldn't have to steal shit. They wouldn't have to fill a title and call me like a stealer of the neighborhood. Like I'm vacuuming up the economy in the neighborhood it's like i own one gas station yeah. here and i'm not rich <laughs> what are you talking about yeah like i like i was living in a motorhome with <laughs> wheels behind the store you know what i'm saying it's like fuck you you have a house yeah. my shower was the fucking hose <laughs> i didn't take a shit in my trailer home because i didn't want to wash that shit out every month so i would go and unlock my store to take a shit look my life was just as shitty as all those people too. yeah you know and i was living in squalor just yeah. as well like i know what it's like to be in poverty i was living the life they were but they didn't accept me yeah and i don't attribute i just attribute that that to that to their misinformation their miseducation this country telling them that we're a mask all that shit or and whatever they're, they're gonna be like that forever like I, yeah. I i have no hopes in those neighborhoods it's going to be nothing's going to change because nothing progresses there it just is a time capsule right right and the only thing we ever do especially like um whatever you want to call it people like whatever you're seeing on tv or in the media it's just like more and more these people are irrelevant they don't matter you know fuck them the rednecks and white trash and all that shit and it's okay to do that i can see why they'd retaliate back at some stranger be like they were yeah, forgotten they, 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 they people were very dismissive of their plight and what they were going through and it's like they only care about people in these liberal big cities yeah and it just starts making them more hateful and it only proves all the stuff that they were thinking about the people that they hated. So, by the by the way, I, I'm not like some Zen dude that like figured this shit out instantly. Right. Like I lived in hate 
and resentment for years yeah. for these motherfuckers. And I was, the biggest thing that I had about moving to LA was to prove these motherfuckers wrong that I was more than that what they were saying to me. But you know what? That shouldn't didn't take me far either. Like being fueled by hate and resentment does too nothing. does nothing. And you know what I was experiencing more of was proving them right by seeing how much I hated myself. Yeah. Rather than like then you know loving on myself and giving myself more affirmation to be able to do great things it was like i'm gonna prove these motherfuckers wrong dude like we i've it's so funny because we i've touched out uh, on that topic on this podcast multiple times this is why i took a break to lose weight and not do things because it was like i think i'm motivated just to prove people wrong and then once i prove them wrong which is who who's who am i proving yeah. wrong i'm like <laughs> just oh. the voices in your head yourself yeah. and i'm like right? i've wasted my time like trying to prove somebody that I could do something right. when nobody was doubting me. <laughs> you know? right. It's like, what did you just waste two years doing? You know, like even even me doing gook was because I was like, oh, you don't think I can act? I'll fucking yeah. show you. I what did I do with that? <laughs> am I doing on? Am I an actor right now? Yeah, I'm not. So it wasn't a waste of time. It was great. It was a great experience, right? But because my motivation was wrong, I, I can't be in that career because I, the 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 reasoning's wrong. You know, right. wanting to always prove some prove something to somebody who do, who doesn't exist. What are you doing <laughs> this for? You fucking psychopath. Right. You know what I mean? It's like why? Like even like losing weight. Like if if you anybody I've known that has lost weight to spite somebody gained it right back. Mm. You know, to like oh I'll show you I can be fucking sexy. Right? It's like all right. So fucking what? And then when you lost weight and you did it for yourself and you people who have felt better from losing weight they've kept it off. Yeah, because they did it for themselves. The, the motivation is consistently there. The motivation was right. Ding ding. Yeah, like I, I'll be honest. So, so I like when I lost a lot away from myself. Half of it, you know, like I think it's okay to use resentment as motivation, mm. right? I don't know if it's motivation. I think it's the starter. It's yeah, the fire the starter. starter. Yeah, it's the fire starter. Yeah, right. But then if it's your like everything your fuel like to get you all the way to the end goal like you will not be satisfied i i had to talk to somebody uh not too long ago because they uh lost a lot of weight and then every time i talked to them their posts were about like some kind of spiteful bullshit right and i could tell like on their instagram and their facebook and their twitter that they Wanted to show people their before and afters constantly, right? And I'm like, bro, it's been three years. Your 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 after doesn't matter anymore. It's who you are now. <laughs> yeah. And then you know this dude would see his like count go lower and lower and lower, and you can see he's desperate to get that same reaction, you know. And I'm like, this is why you losing weight did nothing for you. You lost weight, but you're still fucked up. You know, because yeah. you're still fiending for the attention. You know, yeah. you want people to say, God, you look so good that you lost weight. And now people aren't saying it because now you're just skinny Pete. Yeah. You weren't fat Pete guy. before. Now you're just Pete. Yeah. So you have to deal with that shit. His name is not Pete. I'm not going to call him out like that. Yeah. But, you know, now Pete is just regular Pete and people don't remember how fat he was before. So he's not getting that praise. He's not getting that endorphin rush from people saying he's mm. awesome. So he's fiending for that shit constantly being more outrageous saying more outrageous things it's like dog you remind me of these 12 year old youtube kids and you're supposed to be this like 38 year old man like what the fuck are you doing you know and you know i called him out on that shit because it was obnoxious for me yeah right and he's trying to tell he's like he's like oh yo man like you know we're losing weight i'm like dog i kept this weight off for like three years now 
I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm not doing, I don't fucking care. You know, like I'm just, this is just life now. This is regular life. You haven't moved on from that yet. You're still looking to prove somebody wrong. You're still looking for praise. When you, if you would have just done this for yourself, you would have just been content and happy. Can we hold that thought? I got a piece so bad. Yeah. We'll just wrap, we're going to wrap it up. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. But anyways, that, that, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. Uh, this was a fun episode for anybody out there that experienced racist shit. We're right there with you, baby. Um, we understand. You can follow Ed at Ed Park VP on Instagram. Right. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, every episode is every Thursday and Sundays. And we will see you all next time. Peace. <laughs>